Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is the evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight's podcast is entitled God's Plan of Salvation. In many of my podcasts, I have reviewed God's plan of salvation. However, I'm sure you will agree, we can never get enough of the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're going to do it again. If you are not saved, it is my prayer that you will be saved before it is everlasting too late. Jesus really is soon to come. If you have any discernment at all, you are aware that this world is growing more and more wicked every day. A change is coming very soon, and you want to be on the winning side when that change takes place. Jesus wants all people to hear the gospel and to have an opportunity to be saved. Fortunately, the plan of salvation is very simple. Let's go through it. God created Adam so that he could enjoy fellowship with him. And from Adam, this first man, he created Eve, who was made a companion for Adam. But mankind fell into sin because of Adam's disobedience to God. That disobedience caused death to enter the picture as a punishment for sin. God, a just and holy God, could not allow sin to go unpunished. The only way that the holiness and the justice of God could be satisfied was for someone to die for man's sin. Well, God looked around for an individual who would be able to satisfy both his justice, Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death, and his holiness, 1 Peter 1 and 16 says, be ye holy, for I am holy so that fellowship with mankind could be reestablished. God needed someone who was a relative of man, but who knew no sin. He realized that the only person in existence who was pure enough to serve as a propitiation for our sins was Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. God asked His only Son to, number one, assume the form of a man, Number two, to go into a sin-cursed world. Number three, to model holiness. Number four, live a life led by the Holy Ghost. Number five, to die for mankind so that they would not have to die for their own sins. Six, be raised from the dead. Number seven, return to heaven. And number eight, Stand as an intercessor for mankind. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in obedience to his Father, suffered a horrible death on Calvary's cross as a substitute for man's sins. Mankind's salvation cost everything for both God and Jesus, because God gave his only Son, and his Son gave his life that man could be saved, as stated in John 3.16. That scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus willingly gave up his life in obedience to his Father, so that mankind might be saved. This is clearly made known in John 10 and 14 through 15. 
The scripture says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which had sent me, that of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Now, the pathway to salvation is easy, but it's only easy because Jesus has already done the hard work. His death for our sins paved the road to salvation. When an individual comes to God for salvation through Jesus Christ, that person must acknowledge that he is a sinner, must be sincerely sorry for the sins that he has committed. He must be willing to give up his sinful lifestyle and live God's way. Every human being who has ever existed and will exist in the future is a sinner until he has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. This includes the wealthy, the the movie stars, the self-righteous, the politicians, the morally good, the poor, those of other faiths, and everyone else. As we read John 3, 23, we see God's purpose of sending his son to die for our sins. And that scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, after one realizes that he is a sinner and is ready to be saved, he must repent. Repentance is simply asking for forgiveness, turning from sin and intending to never commit it again. Acts 17 and 30 shows that everyone must repent of their sins. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. If an individual will simply ask for forgiveness and mean it with his own heart, Jesus will cleanse him from all sin. Jesus promises that if one repents, he will receive the individual and he will not cast him out. According to John 6 and 37, the scripture says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. To be saved or born again simply requires praying a simple but sincere prayer in obedience to God. When an individual prays the following kind of prayer, or one that uses similar words to this, and that person means it with all of his heart, guess what? That individual is saved. And it's words like this. Father, I'm sorry for the sins that I have committed. Forgive me for all of my sins. Save my soul and give me the power to live a holy life. If you save me, I'll live for you for the rest of my life. Now that is very, very simple for anyone to do. And anyone who prays this prayer and means it is saved. Some people will be on earth 70, 80, 90 years, and yet they will not repent in this way. What are they going to say to a holy God when they stand before him and he asks them a simple question? Why did you not simply repent? Why did you not simply receive my son Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?
The words to state can be provided for you, but you must mean them with all of your heart. A person must believe that he is saved, not because of what he feels or what he thinks, but because the word of God says he is. When God forgives an individual, that person must receive forgiveness and forgive himself. Once an individual has received salvation, he needs the power of the Holy Ghost in order to stay saved. The gift of the Holy Ghost is the second act of grace that follows salvation. Acts 1 and 8 states the following words. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 2 and 38 informs us that the Holy Ghost is for everyone. And this is what the scripture says. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, someone might ask the question, so who is this Holy Ghost and what is his role in our lives? I'm glad you asked. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. He is the third member of the Godhead, right along with the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we can always depend on him to lead, to guide, protect, and comfort us. Jesus was aware when he left earth and ascended to heaven that we would require help in living for God. According to John 16 and 7, Jesus promised to send the Holy Ghost as our comforter. The scripture says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, the Holy Ghost was indeed sent to earth to help anyone who would receive him. The Bible in Luke eleven nine through 13 tells us that we must simply ask for it. And this is what the scriptures say. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The Holy Ghost has been received in several ways, including through the laying on of hands by a Holy Ghost filled witness. This was the case when the Apostle Paul received the Holy Ghost in Acts 9 and 17. Let's see what that scripture says. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
In Acts 10 and 44, believers were filled with the Holy Ghost while simply listening to the Word of God. That scripture, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the Word. In all cases, when an individual is filled with the Holy Ghost, he will speak with new tongues. The Bible lets us know that the tongues are the evidence that the Holy Ghost has arrived. Acts 2 and 4 speaks of the disciples and that they spoke in other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, that scripture says, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2 and 39 speaks of the promise of the Holy Ghost to all people. That scripture says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, once you are saved, you need to become a member of a Holy Ghost-filled church so that you can be taught the ways of God and how to live a clean, holy, and sanctified life for Christ. I personally recommend Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas, or any of our other churches located throughout the country. Go to our website at www.fght.org and you will see a listing of those churches throughout the country. Now, what I've given you is a succinct look at the entire plan of salvation. If you have any questions, you could ask those questions through our website. I also encourage you to go to our YouTube page and listen to the messages by my pastor, the Apostle Herman L. Murray, Jr. You will be greatly blessed if you do. My God bless you all.